0: Over a century ago, Alexander Pushkin wrote, The sister of misfortune, hope, in the under-darkness dumb, speaks joyful courage to your heart. The day desired will come. Well, we have the fourth candle lit, and so the day desired is indeed coming. And his words speak clearly to this season of Advent. Now some of you may remember a story in the Mercury News a few years ago that has stayed with me. It's the story of a Nigerian man who worked as a cook on a fishing vessel. The vessel capsized and sank, and the man was trapped 100 feet underwater in an air pocket. He prayed for deliverance as the temperature dropped to freezing, and he was dressed only in his boxer shorts. He recited the words from Psalm 54, similar to our psalm today. The words were, O God, by your name save me, sustain my life. And those words had come to him from a text message his wife had sent as the boat was having trouble. And she texted his cell phone just before the capsize. Three days passed. He sat underwater. Try to imagine this in the dark. He was weakened. His name was Harrison O'Kaney, but still he prayed for a miracle, and he kept reciting the psalm as his prayer. He knew he had little time left. The oxygen was almost gone. He thought often of his wife and their hopes for a child. And on the third day, a Dutch diving team was gathering the corpses of the fishermen, and one of them saw a hand under the capsized boat and reached out for it. When the diver grabbed the hand, the hand grabbed it back. And after the initial shock, the team realized with amazement that there was a survivor. They got him out of the vessel, put him in a decompression tank, and brought him back to land. The sister of misfortune, Hope, sits in the under darkness dumb, speaks joyful courage to your heart. The day desired will come. Advent is a call to hope. We speak of darkness and light the first Sunday of Advent. And like Harrison O'Kaney, many of us still sit in darkness. The holiday season is notoriously one of difficulty for many people, and there's a great deal of despair during the holidays. And not without reason, we hear of refugees fleeing the destruction of one of the world's oldest cities, computer hacking that's influenced our democratic process, vanishing species now including the elegant giraffe, the threat of genocide in South Sudan where many of the Christians there are fellow Episcopalians, resurgence of racism in our country, the list goes on and on, not to mention personal difficulties that all of us may have. So many things about which to lose heart. We've seen other Advents, too, and the world is once more rushed ahead with the message of the season, turning every opportunity into a sales event and urging us to buy and consume so that we will have a Merry Christmas. Yet Advent remains, and it is a season to be honored as a call to hope. Our lessons today remind us that God is with us and speaks to us in messages if we have the wisdom to listen. The season of Advent is, among many things, a season of Mary. It's a pregnant, expectant season, and as the medieval mystic Meister Eckhart wonderfully reminds us, God is always pregnant. While some things may be dying, other things are being born, and it is our task to make room at the inn so new life can come to fruition. We know the story of the Annunciation from the 1st chapter of Luke, how the angel Gabriel came to a virgin in Nazareth and told her that God had chosen her to bear the Christ child. We know of her initial confusion and questioning and her eventual assent. Mary's conversation with the angel Gabriel is one of the loveliest stories in the history of our faith. Her yes set in motion the good news of the gospel of Christ. But we often forget that hers was not the only annunciation. There are actually several in the New Testament because annunciation means announcement. And there are a number of divine announcements that surround the coming of the Christ child. Our gospel lesson for this Sunday tells of the annunciation of Joseph and of his struggle and doubt. To fully understand his story, we must first remember his namesake, Joseph, of the many-colored coat who had the gift of interpreting dreams. While his brothers dismissed his dreams and sold him into slavery because of them, his dreams nonetheless came true. Dreams in Israel and in Egypt were taken very seriously, just as they are still in Native American culture and in many other cultures today. It's a part of our Christian tradition that God speaks to us through dreams. And the Swiss psychoanalyst Carl Jung has shown contemporary believers how they can better understand the world of their dreams. Dreams are messages leading us to greater awareness and are therefore messages of the divine. But let's go back now to the story of Joseph in the Gospel. Mary and Joseph were betrothed. A betrothal in first century Israel differed from our modern engagement in that it was a legal bond. When Mary was found to be pregnant, Joseph decided to quietly end the betrothal. The only way to end such a legal bond was through a divorce. Joseph was a righteous man, a just man, and sought to divorce Mary quietly. We can imagine his situation, but he resolved to handle it it in a way that would not draw attention, which could be dangerous for Mary. Mary was considered to be married. Perhaps you recall the story in the Gospel of John that tells of the woman taken in adultery and her punishment was death by stoning. But Joseph's decision to seek a divorce was not the end of the story. While Mary had an annunciation in her waking life, Joseph had an annunciation in his dreams. A heavenly messenger spoke to his dreams and seriously challenged his plans. It's been said that if you want to hear God laugh, tell God your plans. Now, what if Joseph, like many of us, had forgotten his dream on waking? What if it had evaporated at dawn and he had proceeded to walk the dusty road to see about the legal proceedings for divorce? It's possible that the history of salvation would have been radically changed. And maybe he did forget. And maybe he did begin that walk. And something startled him. And he remembered the words, Fear not, Joseph, son of David. And then the rest of the dream came back to him, confirming what Mary had told him about the child being conceived by the Holy Spirit. We don't know all the particulars, but we do know that Joseph heard the message and understood that God had sent it. And he had a transformation that brought him on board with the whole improbable story. And it is an improbable story. As Madeline Langell wrote, this is the irrational season when love blooms bright and wild. Had Mary been filled with reason, there'd have been no room for the child. It is an irrational season of holy announcements in Scripture, and they point to messages in our own lives. Divine messages still come our way and they can come technologically as the text message of the Psalm of Hope did for Harrison O'Kaney or they can come in a dream or through the voice of a friend or through a letter or an email. They can come through prayer, through music, through an experience in nature They can even come in things that are painful or difficult for us. It's for us to discern and hear them. God's word is still being heard if we but listen. Christ is coming once again this Advent and needs our ascent and our help to enter the world. People are sitting in darkness and lost even though they may appear to be in a candy-coated celebration of materialism. For those with eyes to see, there is discouragement and despair, as well as happiness all around us. There is a great longing to touch once again the things that make us human and connected. Like that diver's hand reaching into the darkness of the submerged fishing boat, Christ reaches for us, and we must grasp his hand and let him lead us into the light. In every one of us, there's a yearning to say yes to God, just as Mary and Joseph did. What will you do this Advent to help Christ come among us? How will you reach out and welcome the child always seeking to be born in us? Let us pray. Holy One, whose angels are still working among us, and who sends us messages through scripture, dreams, friends, and myriad other ways. Help us to pay attention to your promptings, as Mary and Joseph did, so our response is lives lived according to your word. Amen.